So here we are. And that right out of the gate here on The Appreciator, I did not really pay much attention, apparently, and uh, I did catch up with um, Dave in Kentucky's new podcast series, and it's completely different than my brain was telling me what it was. Have you ever had that happen? You almost imagine that you've done something and you haven't, so you just go along with what you thought you'd done or what you were telling yourself you'd done, but no. Um, His podcast, he has become, in his spare time, an Uber driver, hench. Hench, oh boy, hench. Hence, he is the Uber Mensch, and he it tells some great stories about how you become an Uber driver in the state of Kentucky. I guess different states have different requirements. He's a livery man, and uh, some of his experiences and travels and ideas, and on the latest one, um, I hope he's feeling better. I actually contacted him because we had a reach out. Um, Nate in Wisconsin, who, if you're out there, hey, Nate, uh, was listening to his last show, was concerned perhaps about his health. So I contacted him, and yes, he's been under the weather, and he's fine, or fine enough, and uh, sends his best to everyone. Um, We have this Discord site that, I don't know, it's fallen into disuse. It's really... I don't know whether it's the nature of all of us or the timing or what, but it just, we aren't the sort. I mean, I can chat when there's time with Frank or my other hosts in real time, but this whole discord where you post something and 15 hours later, somebody might reply just doesn't work with the way my brain works. Or something, and hence, uh, I haven't been on the Discord much either. Uh, the, these conveyances that work for some, uh, the baseball people that I was associated with also use a Discord, and I just, I, it doesn't, my brain doesn't get a continuity out of this Discord stuff. Uh, I've tried. I will continue to try because I am looking to be a modern man on the modern interwebs and uh, do modern things, despite the fact that I tend to appear to be living in the past. But I do heartily recommend it's a great sort of rampling show. And uh, no worries, there was one episode where Dave was concerned about the audio quality and listenability of the show. And no, there's no problem. I have listened to far more challenging listening things. And Dave really has a way of presenting that I can easily follow and enjoy. And probably you can too. We, uh, let's see, we just had finally, after God, a few weeks, a new big appreciation showcase with some Vic and Sade, in fact, quite a bit, as I include one of the longer Vic and Sade casts, one of the earlier episodes that uh, Jimbo and I did, with even a sample episode of the later, unusual 
the 1946, I believe, run of Vic and Sade, where it was a half-hour-long show and actually included more characters. This one, notably, uh, one of my favorites of those, Dwight Twenty Sixler, who's quite a character. He wears his shoes on the wrong feet, and he always has and talks with a mouth full of shingle nails, and he's in love and about to get married, and what more could you ask for? I mean, these shows, they're different, and really, when you hold them up quality-wise to the classic episodes, yes, they aren't as good, but any Vic and Sade is better than no Vic and Sade. And an interesting, well, it's it's an AI project, but it isn't quite what I would think of as an AI project. Um, there is a fellow who uses the handle on YouTube, Day Limbs, D-A-E space L-I-M-S. And he has taken, I don't know, uh, many of you are probably familiar with the fabled Beach Boys, Brian Wilson, never really completed album, Smile, during which Brian Wilson had a breakdown and was never the same person again, probably the result of some drug overuse. Uh, he was taking a lot of hallucinogens at the time, and have, he was kind of sketchy, but after that, it is said that he was never the same person again. But uh, And there have been, I mean, Brian Wilson finally returned and did a sort of finished version of it, and I have heard many attempts at working with all the pieces that are out there in the realms of obtaining uh, to make this best possible version of the Smile album. And Da Limbs has done theirs. What they have done is used AI to separate, much like Paul McCartney separated out John Lennon's voice and guitar for this uh, coming any minute new Beatles single, he has gone through, and I guess he spent months separating out piece by piece the parts of the Smile Sessions that he felt he wanted to work with and reassembled them, remixed them, and his version of the Smile album is really incredible. And yes, AI, if you're one of the people who just wants nothing to do with AI, you might or might not want to take a few minutes and see what has been done using AI as an audio tool, because going back to Vic and Sade, the episodes that aren't such good quality, and inevitably, the episodes that there are scripts for, which the fabled story is there are hundreds at the University of Wisconsin in the Paul Reimer papers, inaccessible to us unless you actually go there, have made a request in advance, and you're allowed to look at them. You can't photocopy them. I suppose you can take notes from them. Uh, someday, the people who own the rights will relent and let us have access to them. I bet you the library or the Weimar estate and whoever owns it now, I mean, no, they're not going to get rich, but I am sure there are people who would pay 
uh, and volunteer to go and photocopy, scan these so they could be available online forever to everyone. Get them up on archive.org where they belong. This is a legacy that to me and the other Vickensade fans is so important. And the idea in my head, and I'm sure others, to be able to have AI listen to the existing episodes so it knows the voices, the inflections, and then feed it all of these other scripts. Oh, that would just be an amazing thing. Although maybe part of the charm is the scarcity and that there's only so few of them. And if there were, say, and could be 10 times, 15, maybe even 20 times, I mean, there are barely enough surviving episodes to fill a half a year. I think there's like 190, maybe 200 episodes. And they the show was on the air in its original run daily from 1932 to 1944. And I don't think they did reruns. I don't think they took summers off. And there is evidence that holidays even they had to go into the studio and record their show uh, record perform their show and then go spend time with their families so that and again this version of the beach boys smile even if you've heard many others this is really a wonderful and very listenable version that i commend to anyone interested in that uh, facet of the Beach Boys. Um, Some really prefer their surf music and their happy pop, which is fine. And yes, one of their best pieces of happy pop, Good Vibrations, is part of the Smile album. But there is a lot of uh, wonderful harmonies, uh, superb imagery in music, in the smile that that all the versions i mean there isn't a terrible version of smile but i do feel kind of badly that brian wilson took the time to revisit the master tapes and attempt to complete it in his own way and it just it doesn't excite me i have had older remix cobbled together versions through the years that i find so much more enjoyable and listenable. And we will leave that at that and move right along here, appreciating stuff. Um, The Zappa Freakout list. Um, Yes, on the Freakout album that Mark, Rose, and I discussed recently on an Appreciator special that is in the Overnightscape Underground Archive, and you really, if you haven't, and you have an interest in Zappa, you should take the time to listen to. One of the things we mentioned and started discussing, and this is really a discussion in itself, I'm going to touch on it now some, and I am certain in the next Appreciator Zappa special, which will probably be coming sometime in the middle of this month if we keep to our plans, uh, we will revisit this list. Uh, Zappa, in the on the album cover, 
which is an unusual gatefold for 1966 double album, presents a list of people that are his influences. And uh, let me pull this up here. Here we go. Oh, the miracle of the internet that this, you can just, and there is this uh, Zappa wiki that, oh boy, I'm almost afraid to fall into it because these things just draw me in. And uh, right now I'm actually trying to do some literary reading in my spare time. I have read John Fowles' The Magus, which I recommend as a novel if you uh, have a, I don't know anybody who has an empty reading list, but if you are the rare bird that has one or would like to jump in, drop what you're doing, or just put it on your reading list, The Magus by John Fowles, I would say, is a very worthy novel to check out. Um, I'm not going to spoil any of it. And at some point in the near future, I intend on uh, appreciating it here on one of these programs. But that digression aside, the list, which is titled, These People Have Contributed Materially in Many Ways to Make Our Music What It Is, Please Do Not Hold It Against Them. And a lot of these names are people, I would assume, are friends and associates that he personally knew and not people necessarily that I would know. Uh, people like uh, Pamela Zarubica or Art LeBeau. But let's, let's, let's take a moment here and search Art LeBeau, B-L-A-B. He had, oh, wow. Art LeBeau was an American radio host who was generally credited with coining the term oldies but goodies. And I remember there were records back before there was this craze for old music and it was considered outmoded and just some sort of weird nostalgia. There was a series of albums called Oldies But Goodies and Art LeBeau was the guy. Um, we're going to have fun with this list, probably uh, through several episodes. And he recently died. He lived till October 10th, 1922. Um, lived to be, what, 80, 97. That, that's just remarkable. That, and he died in Palm Springs just last October. That, that's amazing. And he owned a radio station at one point. The, the trivia that we can discover. And if that's the case, let's look up this Pamela and see if she has some added uh, Pamela Zarubica. Aha. She was the voice of the character that would became known as Susie Cream Cheese. Uh, wow. That's, that's pretty remarkable. So, so far, yeah, we're two for two of people whom I had no idea and thought they were insignificant figures. Hal Zeiger is the next name on the list, and we'll just throw it in here. A promoter of rock and roll and theatrical venues, he was the manager of the musician Johnny Otis, uh, a blues 
uh, figure who Zappa favors and mentions. Uh, he may have even played with Johnny Otis at one point. But, uh, yeah, he was the manager of Johnny Otis in the 1950s. Man, we're, 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 I'm learning stuff. There is still so much to learn about Frank Zappa and just that first album, that very first one of Lord knows how many. Are there 40 Canon studio albums somewhere like that? And this is just the first... Oh, boy. I am just in full joyous bliss of uh, meaningless trivia nostalgianess. The next name is Jim Guerrico, who was an early member of the Mothers of Invention and later produced Chicago. Uh, the, that's just that the, when Chicago was really uh, an innovative act in music, those first two albums, if you haven't heard the early Chicago, the original album, Chicago Transit Authority, and um, Chicago 2. Uh, I mean, the song 25 or 624, um, which he edited down from the long versions on the albums to big hit singles. This is another important guy. And uh, he was even a member of the Beach Boys in the 70s and a manager. It just, oh, wow. Henry Vestine, of course, we discussed in the show, another original mother of invention. Uh, let's see what information further, so long as we're going to be so scientific about this. Oh, he was in Canned Heat. Oh, wow. I just had no idea that Canned Heat, a, a great blues rock band who, and he passed on way back in 1997 at the young age of 52. All those canned heat guys, are there any a lot have left? That that was just a tragic story. Uh, but they were another of the bands that Woodstock brought to the forefront. I think they'd had a few singles and they actually did a collaboration with the Chipmunks and Ross Bagdasarian in the 1960s. They both recorded for the same label. I'm not sure whose idea it was to put them together, but uh, if you search Canned Heat, the Chipmunks, in your friendly YouTube search engine, you will find this curio of recorded magic, and it is a remarkable curio Indeed. Um, yes, this is this is so much more than I envisioned. We don't, I mean, some podcasters have their whole show prepared in their head, have a script and notes, and they're going to meet certain time. And no, I'm not doing any of that. And uh, I, this is just taking my breath away. So what I'm going to do is uh, let's toss one of our public domain tunes from the 20s in here just to stop for a second and uh, I'll, I'll be back on the other end with more of this.
And uh, continuing, uh, just picking up the strand from the big appreciation showcase number 10 just released, uh, more from the Vernon Dalhart, who recorded thousands and thousands of songs in his career as a singer, was relatively successful. But, you know, back then, uh, being a big recording star did not guarantee you eternal fame i think by the 1930s he was on the wane and he lived another 20 years in relative obscurity before his passing um but man and that that goes straight out to dave in kentucky because uh i'm sure he is happy to be there and i have been through parts of kentucky it is a beautiful state um, even the kind of, well, I worked for somebody and I visited Covington a couple times, which is right over the bridge from Cincinnati, Ohio. And it, it's kind of the vice town. Cincinnati for a metropolis is a little on the staid and regulated side. And apparently when uh, Cincinnatians 
want to have a good time, or at least used to, they'd go over the bridge into Covington and get themselves into mischief. And yep, Kentucky, other than that, it's a beautiful state, and it is the bluegrass state. And I'm not sure how much that has to do directly with Bill Monroe naming the form of string band country music that he developed bluegrass, which is since but there are a lot of things that people call bluegrass that Bill Monroe and bluegrass purists would uh, turn their nose up at, but that's a whole other discussion here. Um, and I don't know. Instead of going back to the Zappa list, I think this is something uh, that's going to be ongoing. I thought you know, I'd be a few names that I recognize and I'd make a few of my usual aside comments and jolly it along. But this is a whole project unto itself. Um, I hope that it somewhat fascinates you because I suspect I will be returning to it. And I also suspect uh, the album Lumpy Gravy and We're Only In It For The Money, those two albums, the official third and fourth Frank Zappa slash Mothers of Invention album will be the topic of the next uh, get together with Mark Rose. And uh, I would like to, and I suspect he would like to um, go through at least some of the names on this comprehensive list. This is even more important a list than I had ever thought. And there may be more stuff on that Zappa wiki that as long as we have access to it and we are purporting to really cover Zappa the way he deserves to be. This is all very important. And of course, if you have any ideas or comments, I, I would like to hear about them. Uh, have I inspired you perchance to listen? And uh, yep, the last episode of The Appreciator, I read a story which I will probably read at least a couple more. I don't have a lot, a lot of stories of this character, the man of a thousand faces from an old British schoolboy's weekly, but there are enough to make this kind of an ongoing thing. And I had fun reading that. And yeah, it's kind of hackneyed and cheesy and corny, but it was fun. And I, I fun is very key in anything I do. If something becomes a chore or a task, the likelihood that I'm actually going to continue it finish it. I mean, that's what happened to the baseball podcast that I started where I was going through the 1911 Major League Baseball season day by day and reading old newspapers. Um, I was sort of engaged in it, but I had hoped that someone else somewhere would also be a little excited about it and interact about it. But at least for now, I can't say that I won't return to that, but as of the moment, I would call that uh, a strong attempt because there's probably, what, 10, 11 episodes that I got through, but it's just kind of sits there like uh, a matzo ball in bad soup or something. How's that for a terrible uh, analogy? Um, but the character Man of a Thousand Faces there's a lot of possibility there and reminds me of, uh, I don't know how many of you are familiar with Doc Savage, 
uh, a later 1930s American pulp character. And the man who created that, who used the pen name Lester Dent, also created a similar uh, sort of pre-superhero superhero called, oddly enough, The Avenger. And this man had suffered an accident and his face had been transformed into something where he could shape his face into the visage of others, and he was quite a good mimic as well. And that plot point was used for uh, a shorter than Doc Savage. I think there's like 180 classic Doc Savage novels out there. Somewhere I at least used to have a file with all of them. But frankly, in the day, in the 70s, when they were coming out in paperbacks, I read many and it's just like certain comic books. I can't read them anymore. It happens. Anyways, uh, that pretty much reaches us towards a half hour of me uh, thinking I'm being nostalgic and providing you with a little entertainium and probably just a bunch of driveline. I will uh, give you the email address for your comments, which is kpqr.torc at gmail. Dot com. Thank you ever so much for listening. I genuinely appreciate it. And uh, with that, I will once again send you off by telling you to set the controls for the heart of the fun. <laughs>